You put your all into delivering quality and value on time. And when your customer doesn't pay, it doesn't just hurt your feelings. It hurts your business. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect overdue receivables fast and treat your customers with respect. Go to MetCredit.com to get started. MetCredit, we get it. This is Overdue Advice, the podcast about cash flow strategies to grow your business. Brought to you by MetCredit. Everybody pay up. Welcome to Overdue Advice, the podcast about cash flow strategies to grow your business. I'm Andrea Schwabi. On an earlier episode of Overdue Advice, the CEO of MetCredit said he loves the collection industry because it's a people business. Brian Sommerfeld loves people, whether they're his clients, his clients' customers, or his own staff. And in the moment he said it, I was at a loss for words. And that's not normally a thing. I think I said something like, huh, or wow. Uh, In MetCredit's own career videos, collectors and managers say they were a quiet or shy type, but they grew a lot and quickly. In their own way, they said becoming a better collector made them a better person. Their professional and personal success were linked, and that's taking career development to a whole other level. So it's time to take a closer look at MetCredit's people-centric culture and some key ideas like emotional intelligence, self-confidence, communication skills, problem-solving, and respect. Mark Biard is Vice President of Contact Strategies and Performance at MetCredit. Mark is on the line from his office in Vancouver. Hey, Mark. Welcome to Overdue Advice. Hi there. Thanks for having me. What is your title at MetCredit? I am the Vice President of Performance and Contact Strategies. And what does that mean? Uh, Essentially, my responsibility is to work with all of the uh, branches, uh, the managers in the branches and the staff in the branches to uh, make sure that our clients' expectations are fulfilled, uh, make sure that... uh, um, you know, training is being carried out uh, as we would expect and, and generally just to help everybody develop and grow in their career. How long have you been at MetCredit? Uh, this August, it will be 27 years. Holy, congratulations. Thank you. So, Thank you. It's, uh, wow. it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone by very quickly. And where, where did you start? What part of the company? So I, start, uh, I started as a collector. Um, yeah. In 1992, um, I had been working a contract job for the federal government at Transport Canada, and, and that had expired. And, and I was looking for something different, um, and I just apply. I was applying for ads in the paper, and uh, at the time, the economy was was not great. Uh, so, um, you know, you you uh, applied for things at that time you probably normally wouldn't have considered, or that were outside mm-hmm. of your field. Yeah, I remember uh, it well. I, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I applied and I got a call from uh, the branch manager at the time and, and said, you applied for this job? And I responded, I did. <laughs> I don't remember, unfortunately. And and I went in and, and, and it was um, really nothing that, that I had sought out. It was just something I was applying for and said no experience necessary. So I figured I'd give it a try. What the heck, hey? Now, is it, yeah. so it wasn't even anything you expected to sort of see yourself doing? No, not at all. What were your first impressions? 
Well, at the time when we were doing the interview process, um, I went in for a personal interview during the day and, and uh, got invited back that evening for, you know, basically a, they called it a training session. And, and we got to spend some time on the floor with the collection staff and actually experience what they were doing. And and uh, it was very eye-opening. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I had no idea that, that um, the job existed to begin with mm-hmm. uh, and that there was um, that much... Uh, demand for um, collection agency work and that people didn't pay their bills on the, on the scale that, that they, they do. It was just, it was, I had no idea. And, uh, but I, I sat on the floor with a bunch of, you know, collection agents and they were all similar in age to me and, and kind of similar in backgrounds. And, and uh, what I saw was uh, a lot of people that had really great communication skills and they were on the phone and they were trying to uh, help people get out of the problems that they were in. And I, and I thought to myself, well, if I can communicate, I, I, I can problem solve and, and maybe I'll give this a try and, and see how it works out. What was the biggest surprise? Like, was it just the scale of, of people not paying their bills? Yeah, I think so. You know, it, 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 it was really eye-opening. Um, and, and maybe a bigger surprise, too, is how some people reacted. Um, you know, my approach has always been to solving a problem is you just you deal with the problem head on and you deal with it objectively. And, and when you first start uh, making collection calls, um, you experience all different kinds of reactions. Uh, and you're not used to that. And some people get quite upset, um, you know, whether it be anger or, or they're sad because of their, their situation they're in and they become emotional. Um, and that was, you know, quite, quite eye-opening to, to experience mm. that. Let, let's talk about that emotional, you know, component, because that's, that's often, you know, the, a big hangup for people who are, are looking at possibly becoming a collector or something like that. There is right. this stigma of, you know, these guys are jerks and they ask for my money and it's uh, significantly different than that. But with, with all of that, I'm going to refer to the, the HR videos or the, the recruitment videos uh, that were produced for MetCredit. And three of the collectors say they were quiet like church mice. And they say they absolutely grew in confidence from the challenge of doing what was initially perceived as a difficult job. Is, is that a common experience for collectors? Yeah, I would say that for most people, um, the first time or first few times they make a collection call, there is some apprehension and some fear. Um, it's It, it kind of goes against what, what we're taught by our parents to when we're raised. You know, you don't call people up, strange people or strangers on the, on the phone and, and ask them for money right, yeah. uh, or, or ask them about their problems, um, you know, and, and ask them personal information about their, their finances to try and help them solve uh, the problem. So I would say that, yeah, there's probably a, a, a fear of the unknown of, you know, what's the reaction going to be of, of, the, uh, of the debtor when they answer the phone. Um, but you know, I think it's like anything, you know, that the fear goes away with time and experience. Once you realize that, uh, um, you're just speaking to people or human beings are just like the person sitting next to you. And in fact, even some of us have, have been in that situation, mm. uh, and they don't want to be in that situation. And our job is to help them, um, get out of the financial difficulty they're in, connect them with the solution that best, best fits their situation. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know, Brian always says it's not his obligation to collect. It's the the debtor's obligation to pay. Correct. You know, you're just doing the thing that is supposed to be happening. Is there an archetypal personality for collectors or is it really just they grow into it? 
you know, if you asked me that question probably 10 years ago or, or more, I would say, yes, there's this, there's this cookie cutter person that we're looking for and that we did look for. And you were, that, you know, we were looking for people with strong personalities and we thought that was, you know, what it, what it uh, took to be a great collector. Um, but what we've realized in particular over the last few years is there really isn't a cookie cutter type of person who will excel at the job. Um, you know, I think that, what we're looking for is is people that um, have a strong desire to succeed and a high level of emotional intelligence. But as far as you know, having that big strong personality, it's not necessary. Um, we need people that have the ability to to uh, be great listeners and to be able to solve problems and 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 analyze the information they're they're being given to connect the debtor with the best possible solution uh and and also convince them that um, we're trying to help them and that if they follow our direction that it's going to be better for them in the long run they're going to get themselves out of this collection problem they're in and they don't want our calls um, you know, and we recognize that. And, and so what we're trying to do is eliminate ourselves from the process. You know, Mr. Detter, the sooner you take care of this problem, the less we have to speak, or maybe we don't have to speak ever again if they, if they resolve their problem in full immediately. The single biggest cause of bad debt write-offs is procrastination. With every day you wait, the chances of ever getting paid go down. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect business receivables fast. And if we don't succeed, you don't pay. Go to MetCredit.com and stop waiting for money you deserve. MetCredit, we get it. I want to circle back to what you said about emotional intelligence, because this is, you know, quote, just collection. So why is emotional intelligence important? Well, you have to be able to, I guess, an old mentor of mine used to say to me, seek to understand prior to being understood. And I think he actually stole that from a Stephen Covey book. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, really important that you have um, the emotional intelligence to recognize um, exactly what the people that you're speaking to are going through so you can empathize with them. Um, to also recognize that this is um, the money isn't owed to you. They don't owe you the money. You're really just a conduit. You're a third party um, that's between the creditor and the debtor, trying to help them uh, solve their problem. And especially when you're getting when you're dealing with people that are emotional, um, that are stressed or, or angry at their situation, and you have to have the emotional intelligence to be able to recognize why they're upset that they're not upset at us. Um, they may be upset because we're calling, but, but it's not us that caused the problem mm -hmm. and use that intelligence to be able to turn that call around and, um, create a positive outcome. To deal with the money, you need to deal with the person. Correct. Yeah. Of all those skills, sort of being driven, emotional intelligence, listening, problem solving, um, empathy, what's the one thing that you really look for? I think empathy. It has to start with empathy and, and, and maybe respect. Um, those go hand in hand. Um, you know, respect is, is at the core of, of um, our culture, our code of ethics. Um, and if you respect the individual that you're speaking to um, and they sense that you respect them uh, and you express some empathy, 
it's going to uh, be more likely that you're going to have a positive outcome, that they're going to get off the phone feeling like we're truly there to help them um, and that they're going to take the action that they need to to solve their problem. Is it a challenge to get people to think about problem solving? And do problem solvers themselves make themselves pretty obvious? Like, are there people who are just good at problem solving or is it something people can learn as well? I think it's something you can learn. I mean, some people are generally more analytical. Um, and, and we see it in, in um, the different styles um, that the collectors have on how they approach the call. Uh, you know, some are, are very analytical and it's X's and O's and they just go through the list of what they've been taught. And then there are ones that have, um, uh, you know, I guess better soft skills. You know, they're more more uh, relationship building, um, very similar to sales. And in reality, what the collectors are doing is is just a, a, a type of sales. You know, they're they're negotiating with people to um, get them to complete a transaction. And so there's a lot of different styles uh, that, you, that, that we see on, on the floor, whether it be uh, um, you know, expressing empathy or, or being analytical or being relationship building. So, um, but to answer your question, yes, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that you can build and you, you do have to because there are certain um, expectations when, when, we're, uh, when our collectors are on the phone that they follow a certain process because we know that process leads to success. I'm always fascinated to be on the floor, seriously, because it is so much not what I expect. It is, yeah, and, and I think that's where you get certain people that take to it very, very quickly um, because they see the challenge. You know, it's like a, like a Rubik's cube where you're, you're, there's a problem in front of you and, it, and it's, and it's a dynamic problem. It's mm-hmm. not, it's always changing like a Rubik's cube. Every time you spin one side, it changes another side. And, and so I think the people that, that generally like to um, solve problems uh, and, and help people are the ones that, it, that gravitate towards this or maybe not gravitate towards it, but stay with it for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And that example you're referring to, um, you know, that's something that we teach our staff to do is if you're feeling, because they're humans, right? We're all humans. And, and if you're feeling you're starting to get a little bit frustrated or emotional yourself, you have to take a time out, yeah. take a pause and I, then I, come back and try and, and help uh, that person, um, see things the way you need them to see them in order to, to take the action they need to take. Right. It's often, they, the, the, the debtor often sees it as they would like to see it and not how it actually yes. is. And I mean, the only evidence you need to go to, to look at that stuff is, is how many videos are there on YouTube that say, don't pay your debt. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Just... Yeah. There's commercials on the radio that say that. And it, it always, there's, there's one I heard on Sirius radio, uh, don't let, the collection agency or the bank trick you into thinking you have to pay your bill back. And, and, uh, those, those people, those businesses in my mind are being predatory and because they're, they're not looking out for the best interest of the consumer. Uh, there's a consequence to that consumer not paying their bill. That consequence could be bad credit, which could prevent them from getting a job, could prevent them from renting an apartment, uh, buying a house. Um, and, and then there's potential legal consequences where they could have their wages garnished or their property taken. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we, you know, we're only there because of the breakdown in the relationship between the debtor and the creditor. They stop paying at some point in time for one reason or another, and we're there to help them get back on track. 
Is there anything that if you don't see development, you sort of flag and, and deal with? Whenever, again, I was saying before, everybody's path is kind of different, how they develop and, and, and how they grow. And, and the reasons why they may not grow as quickly as others, uh, it's going to vary from collector to collector. So we're, we're always looking for what is the reason, you know, is it, is it, um, is it something that's X and O's or is it a soft skill thing? And the soft skills usually take longer to build. Um, you know, knowing how to ask a question and, and get the, the information you're looking for. Uh, very often when we're speaking to a debtor on the phone, they're reluctant to be truthful with us about their finances. And it could be because they are fearful that, that we're going to use that information against them, or it could be because they're embarrassed about what their true situation is. So you have to be, um, uh, you have to know how to ask the questions and when to ask them in order to get the most complete picture of their finances that you can, because that's what's going to help you solve the problem. That information, information is power, and, and the more you have about their situation, the more, um, uh, I guess, you can connect them with the um, solution for their problem. I want to finish off with something that is on every, it seems like every wall at Met Credit, which is respect and how you foster that in your staff, because it is a tough industry. Yeah, well, it's got to come top down for starters. Uh, they have to see it from their leaders. Uh, so we make sure that, that you know, starting with Brian and, and myself and, and all the branch managers and then all the collection managers and all the team leads, that there is a high degree of respect uh, from us towards them, towards our client, towards the debtors. Um, and as long as they're seeing that from us every day and then they're hearing it from us, you know, it's, it's at the, it's at the um, center of everything that we do. All of our training is built around respect. Um, we have certain what we call catchphrases that we use, um, that we teach our collectors to use that are designed to express empathy and diffuse a difficult situation. And it's all built around respect. So every day, all day, if that's what we're preaching and that's what we're teaching and, and that's what we're doing and eventually they will emulate us um, and um, it really is something that is part of our culture so when the new people come in they're immersed in that environment and they, they really don't have any choice but to become part of that um, ethos or that way of, of thinking. It really does permeate the entire company. What's your favorite thing about the people you work with? <clears throat> I think it's a variety, you know, and, and I'm fortunate enough that I get to travel to all our offices. So we have offices in Vancouver, Edmonton, uh, Mississauga, and Montreal. And the culture is a little bit different in each office, but people are a little bit different. And, and that's just, you know, when you're talking about somebody uh, or the, the, I guess, the whole um, uh, culture in Montreal versus Vancouver and versus Edmonton, they're always different. And so the variety of people that come to work for us, um, and getting to learn about them and getting to know them and then getting to watch them develop and, and become the, the next um, leaders, you know, part of our leadership group, uh, you know, if that's what their goals are uh, or, you know, d develop into, the, uh, you know, a top um, level collector, a top performer, or even the ones that, that leave um, because not everybody stays with us forever. And, but there are a lot that, that have gone on and they're constantly reaching back out to me uh, and expressing to me how much their time at Met has 
um, impacted their life in a, in a positive way. In fact, just two days ago, I had a kid, um, I say kid because he was when he worked for me, um, contact me on LinkedIn and I hadn't heard from him about 10 years and, and he just said, hey, I want to get together. Um, I still have a book that you gave me that's, that's you know, was instru- instrumental in, in my professional growth. Uh, and to me, that's, that's probably my favorite parts. Um, we've had many, many people leave and go on to be successful entrepreneurs. And if you were to interview them today, they would all point back to their time as a collector and the skills they learned uh, to be um, critical and pivotal in their success as an entrepreneur. Everybody pay up. That's all for this episode of Overdue Advice. Thank you to MedCredit Vice President of Contact Strategies and Performance, Mark Biard, for his thoughts on the people business of collections. MetCredit is on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at MetCredit. Visit Brian Sommerfeld's blog at blog.metcredit.com. It also includes useful tools and calculators to assess your business debt risk. We want to hear from you. Subscribe, like, or leave a review to the podcast, or share it with a friend or business associate, or drop us a line at overdueadvice at metcredit.com. Overdue Advice is the podcast about cash flow strategies to grow your business. Thanks for listening. I'm Andreas Schwabe. You run a business, you're successful. You don't wait for things to happen. You make them happen. So why aren't you collecting what's owed to you? The longer you wait, the less chance you'll ever see a cent. (laughs) So call Met Credit. We're your local debt recovery team, serving businesses of all sizes since 1973. And don't worry, we play nice. We're here to uphold your reputation and relationships. And speaking of nice, if we don't collect, you don't pay. Zero risk. Get to know us for when you need us at metcredit.com.